Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. This is the Bad Film Club, starring Holly Gordon and Shanae Navigela. Your feature is about to begin. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm right. How are you? Yeah, I'm excited. Restaurants outside. Whoop, whoop. Oh, man. Which I've never been so excited to drink a cold pint of Guinness. <laughs> right. Uh, I hope we can go for a pub lunch on our Sunday walk. For anyone that doesn't know, Holly and I always go for a Sunday walk together, socially distant Sunday walk. I feel like we've been doing it since last year. To keep, like, se- to keep sane. Yeah, rough out here. <laughs> yeah, in the suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Anyway, this is a bad film club. And we watch bad films. I'm Holly Gordon. And I'm Sinead Navagela. And this week we are doing the 1997 thriller disaster film Dante's Peak. (laughs) I had never heard of this film until you suggested it. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that you have never (laughs) seen it. Why? (laughs) Because... Why are you disappointed in me? (laughs) Because I feel like this film is always on... On a bank holiday. Ah, uh, okay. I feel like I've definitely seen it on Channel 4, ITV definitely, and Channel 5. When they're not showing Harry Potter on a bank holiday, they show a disaster film. Mm. And this has been a choice of them. Because obviously it's got Pierce Brosnan in it and Linda Hamilton, so the lady that played the original Sarah Connor, and Pierce Brosnan back in the day, 007. We love him in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Also Mamma Mia. And Mamma Mia, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's always on. But what did you think? Do you know what? I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was... Right! <laughs> it's just stupid. I think it was just a bit exaggerated. I did wonder if this was all scientifically accurate. But then again, I don't know much about volcanoes yeah. other than like the basic stuff you learn at school. And in the UK, we don't have any volcanoes i think the nearest volcano to us is vesuvius in italy surely is that true we don't have any volcanoes. that's the closest one unless is it aren't there any in europe what, an- i have no idea oh, i there, do not you sorry the- geologist i'm sorry no it's just like I don't there's know. none at the like the other end of the channel is there no but no no not like that on that okay it doesn't matter no i'm just thinking snowdonia <laughs> in wales is not a volcano surely no 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 i was just thinking of there's like little islands right surely italy's quite far away is that really the closest one is what i'm saying yeah i don't know i mean that's the that's the <laughs> most i would say that's the most well-known volcano in europe yeah for sure so but <laughs> you know welcome to be educated Corrections yeah. corner, maybe next week. Who knows? Please, someone tell us. <laughs> but yes, I really respected this film. I thought it was a laugh. A bit stressful here and there. Yeah. But uh, have some questions about, again, the science behind it all. And also, I just, I have some points that I will, I mean, we can get onto once we get into like the different sections. But yes, what did you think? Okay, so for anyone that is new to this podcast, <laughs> my mum 
Shanaina's mom Shanaina's is a lover of disaster films. So this is like the bread and butter in my household. <laughs> I feel like I've watched this film so many times that it never ceases to amaze me how much unintentional comedy there is in this film. And it just really makes me laugh. I really enjoy Piers Brosnan's hair throughout this film. It's always so fluffy. Oh, he's so attractive in this film, even when he's like, <laughs> even when he's in crisis. <laughs> yeah, it's very like a, a dad heart. <laughs> yeah, it's just like one of those standard staples that have been in my home and played throughout the years. This film has a lot of nostalgia for me. It's a very 90s film. We were like, Four and three respectively when this film came out so we obviously didn't watch it then but I watched it as a kid my mum as I said is really into disaster films so we watch films like this as a family and have continued to do so with the advent of The Rock being in any film that he ever is in which I love so I think I have like a soft spot for films like this like I know that they're bad objectively but and this is a big but there's always just that familiar structure to it this is both a good and a bad thing I always feel like they're just an easy escapable watch you know like you don't really have to pay attention um they're entertaining for what they are and I don't ever feel disappointed when I watch them I just feel I set out what I wanted to do which is have a jokes time for like an hour and a half you know exactly I did have a good time for an hour and a half I did there was Maybe two moments where I kind of had to get out of my seat because I was surprised. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously I was watching this for the first time. Also realise maybe this is like the second film of, no, third film of only I've ever seen Piers Brosnan in. Mm. Not seen him much. But yeah, so this is directed by Roger Donaldson. Mm-hmm. Written by Leslie Bohm. And like you said, stars... Piers Brosnan and Linda Hamilton as like the two kind of main leads mm. and then the supporting cast is just like there's a lot of people in it everyone else I would say yeah but there's um, a baby Ty Ma you'll know him from he's the dad in the farewell really oh yeah he's so cute in this film and then there's that man the racially ambiguous man what is his name? Uh, uh, he's what's his name? Oh, um, I've got the list here. Wait, Grant Heslov. Yeah, who always plays a racially ambiguous person, but always kind of Middle Eastern-y. And he always plays like really weird role, which this is something that we can talk about later, but I really didn't enjoy his character. I thought it was really caricatured, which I don't like in films like this because they only had two people of colour and then one is really weird and then one is kind of not there at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of plot holes in this film, I think, <laughs> which uh, I there's didn't just, really think about there's beforehand. There's just so many. Yeah. There's a lot of also, like, there's a lot of storylines that kind of just trail off and don't get kind of wrapped up by the end of the film. Yeah, exactly. So. And also, there's a lot of weird reactions to stuff. These people. <laughs> yeah, they're just like robot people. It's quite funny. And we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it. But I guess let's get into it. So we've said why do we think well, I wouldn't call this a film bad i just say it's entertaining Because it's ridiculous But I do think it's bad Because I think the 
script is bad. Like, I think the dialogue is really bad. Some of the stuff in this is so cringe. Their weird love story is so unnecessary. Firstly, you know it's going to happen. So Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton's characters, Harry and, oh my God, what's her name? Sarah? Linda. Oh no, Rachel. Rachel. No, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Oh my God. Didn't um, know that for so long. Didn't really right? realise she had a name. I really thought her name was Wanda for a long time because they were calling her Mare Wando, yeah. but I didn't catch it. Yeah. Anyway, their love story is really weird. And then when they, <laughs> when they start to like kind of have an inkling to get together, he basically alludes to them having sex and it being like riding a bicycle, which is the worst bit of dialogue in this film. It's so awkward. Yeah. I hated it. I think that there's a lot of... It has a very nice... Obviously, it's in the 90s, but just there's so much stuff about this film that's very 90s-esque. And mm. the dialogue feels very 90s. It's got that like cringy, like... How do you describe it? I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't feel like natural conversation, essentially, because it's mm. dramatised. Yeah. And the way that they flirt, like you said, you can see it from a mile off that they're going to get together, which I was going to elaborate on saying that there's a lot of things that you can kind of see from a mile off. There's just so much foreshadowing. There's a li- it, yeah. I think I wrote it down. Well, I wrote down six minutes, 34 seconds in. They say the name of the film. I said that too. <laughs> we are the same brain. Yes. <laughs> I have some questions. Like It made me laugh that the film was named after the place because... Yeah, I thought it was just kind of like one of those, you know, artsy neck titles for uh, essentially a disaster volcano film, but it's mm. actually just the town's name. Second of all, whoever thought to call that town Dante's Peak is fucking hilarious because that's just <laughs> setting up for disaster. Just yeah, alluding sure. to that. And also for a town, a small working class blue collar town in the mountains at the bottom of a volcano why the hell have they not had any security put in place? Thank you. Thank you. Why like, is there one freeway out of a mountain city? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and why... You live on the volcano. Why are so many um, citizens of that town so reluctant to leave it? Like, why are they so reluctant to like just actively do anything until the danger happens? Exactly that. And also, why are they so bitchy about their mountain? They're just like, she's not going to blow for this whole film. <laughs> and then it blows up. <laughs> it's like, do you have a degree in geology? geology? No, but Piers Morgan does, probably. Uh, not Piers Morgan, Piers Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong man. <laughs> uh, it's too late. It's like, it's, it's, my day has been too stressed. So I can't remember names. Piers, you know, <laughs> him. Harry. Yeah. Harry. Anyway. Can I just say also, the intro for this film was really stupid. I hated it. Right? I didn't enjoy it. It was too stressful for me. I felt like it was really stupid because, so what they do is they overlay all this footage of a volcano. I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny, but it is funny when you watch it because there's all this footage of the volcano kind of erupting, doing its thing, all this debris flying everywhere. There's all this red overtone sepia but saturated and then (laughs) there's just a horse there and they're all trying to escape this volcano that's erupting and then it takes three and a half minutes for Piers Brosnan's character Harry to come on screen with his then partner her name's Marianne 
they've like left it too late so they're trying to escape the volcano and then they leave and then as they're leaving the flaming debris falls through the hood of the truck that they're leaving in and marianne is killed and then it's just like cut to four years later and he's doing the lamest push-ups i've ever seen in my life oh my god it's just so stupid these push-ups like what he's a guy that studies rocks not a freaking (laughs) army man (laughs) that's what robin said as well which made me laugh oh my god what's he trying to do i guess uh, maybe like who knows i just it's so and he didn't answer phone no so you thought there's an angst already in there but there's just a lot of questions so basically what he goes to work and they find out that this town has some unexpected activity under the surface of the volcano abnormal activity considering Mm -hmm. where the town is so he goes and visits and he does all his little experiments and he meets the mayor who is yeah but what was interesting and i didn't particularly understand and i thought it was really stupid is that they have this like little heart to heart a couple of days in and she talks about where they talk about their past like relationships and she mentions mm-hmm. that she mentions that her ex-husband like disappeared alluding to the idea that you may see him again at the, in the film i mean does she no that's not the vibe that i got wait what am i did i what did i miss did you read too film? much into it no as in he just left them but i think she didn't want to frame it like he just left his children but he did. He just left them. Yeah, but he was saying that like, they left him, but then she was like, we haven't seen or spoken to him in like 20-something years. Am I basically no, just no, being six, an idiot? Six years. Six oh, years. six years. And then like yeah. his mom, the Indian, oh, yeah, she... lives on a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I don't even think that his mom knows where he is, which is a weird detail, but I guess... Yeah, I think that like, that made yeah. me uh, confused. Because it also makes him sound like a missing person, but he he's not. He just, she's a single mom because he chose to leave her. Exactly. It's a a weird, yeah, it's totally a weird way of framing it. It kind of made me just like, it completely assumed something else was going to happen and then obviously didn't. (laughs) So it was, again, bad dialogue. Yeah. I just think that this film is bad because, and I guess you can say this about a lot of films, but it has a really clear cut structure and you just know what's going to happen within the first like five minutes. So you know that he's got a tragic backstory. You know that there's going to be something with this volcano. He's saying that there's something to be worried about. His boss is saying that there's not. So you know that he's going to be right because he's the like heroic scientist and they always show them first. And with the introduction of a female mayor, you know that they're going to get together and there's just like no kind of room for any anything else. So you know they're going to get together but they're going to survive because they have to be the ones that survive and then that's it. How they survive, so I do not know. The things stupid, they have to go Ollie. through. Like, <laughs> I think I would have, like, if I was in their position, I would have just offed myself. Like, <laughs> like oh what the hell? God. Do you really, like... I mean, I mean, you chose to live in a volcano town, though, right? So you got to know what the risks are. Think of the house and like the health insurance, the house insurance and stuff, and just how also quite progressive for a town to have a female mayor. Yeah, but they really are shitty about her. So, oh yeah, I doesn't she have like? Does she work in a coffee shop at the same yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, as well to you know <laughs> so, support herself. Small business owner, mm, love it. Yeah. But, 
So was there anything, any specific scenes that you want to discuss or back up your reason why you think it's stupid? Such a silly film. Okay, there's a few that I have and they're kind of not like specific scenes, but also scenes and threads through this film. So I really hate the plot point of the grandma being so stubborn that she won't leave her mountain home. Yep, exactly that face. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Are you just... Are you just refusing to believe that a volcano is erupting like right now? Why are you a dickhead? (laughs) That's it. Why are you being a dickhead? Like, you love your grandkids so much, but you're refusing to cooperate because your daughter-in-law is inherently you know bad i don't know they just had a bit of a tent weird tension i didn't yeah i really hated that as well don't like it when and also why are you mad at her your son is the one that left her you should be mad at him you should be praising her exactly she's keeping she's keeping your your grandkids alive happy safe she's whilst being the mayor and having two jobs and she could have taken them to a different place to live exactly you have to stay there so Exactly. So hated that. Hated the fact that she's just there in her mountain home. Then hated the follow-on from that, which is the kids feel bad. So when the town starts to explode, the kids feel bad. So obviously because their mum is the mayor, she has to kind of step in, have a town hall meeting. So she leaves the kids at home and they do this stupid thing of they take her truck and they drive up to save their grandma. Mm-hmm. And this kid, the oldest of those two kids must be about, like, what? Seven, nine. He's not ten. The kids are either babies or yeah. teenagers. <laughs> right? Knows? But, I mean, he's not old enough or antsy enough to be a teenager, so sharp. I know they tried to make him, like, <laughs> give him an antsy backstory as well. I was like, stop it. They tried and failed with one scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what you said before. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this scene. So they had to have him playing in the mine to, like make sure that you knew that there was a mine in this town so that that's how they would survive later on. I have some questions about the mine. I'll bring them up. (laughs) So yeah, so these two kids drive to this mountain thing and A, the child is not big enough to reach the pedals (laughs) and then there's just Ash and he's just like, I can't see, I don't know how to use the windscreen wipers and I was like, this is such a stupid subplot and this is a good case of why you shouldn't have children. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, exactly. I hate children in films exactly. they're either creepy or they're like this and I, I'd rather have the scary horror kids the kids from The Shining give me them instead you're absolutely crazy for saying that I just don't want anything I don't want any children on my screen I want. I don't want any characters younger than 18 on my screen <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah I really just like that I really didn't so I have a couple of scenes that really stressed me out <laughs> I feel for these kids because from the second Harry turned up, their life suddenly turned to the most <laughs> traumatic thing. Imagine the therapy yep. that they're going to have to go through after seeing ha- going through what they went through. Mm-hmm. So the essentially this, this town they are in is very idyllic because it's surrounded by mountains and woods and it's very pretty, blue skies everywhere. And so they have hot springs. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I like, forgot about that. Mountains. <laughs> so I knew it was happening. I knew it was coming. But they, because it was like the little, 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 like, uh, they plant the little seeds. They like, you know, Mm. about what's going to happen because they love a foreshadowing. And these two hikers, I say, or backpackers were in the hot springs and there were a couple. The girl was like, oh, it's really hot. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's a hot spring. But it's a bit too hot for a hot spring. And then the kids go and see their grandmother and they all go swimming. And Harry, 
senses. Does he sense that there's like I think it's the, the smell, smell and he like kind of like cook. pieces it together because before this they've shown a couple of dead squirrels and the dead tree. Dead. And he's just like, when did those trees die? Yeah. And he's taken like he's taken the acidity of the water, mm. like he's trying to like see it. So he's done all these tests. So he pieces it together and they comment on the smell of the hot springs, like and like the sister, the little kid <laughs> yeah. was like, it smells like your bedroom. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and it, like that's true. Boys' rooms are disgusting. It's the way that he like scoops him and is just like, no, don't get in the water. Yeah, and it's just like then it pans to like two floating dead mannequins. Mannequins. Because... Like, did you see them? They're so funny. Mannequins. Mannequins. Oh, I have. When we get to like later on, I have some things to yeah. say about like the props and set. But anyway, yeah, that was really traumatic. And I thought if these kids this young have uh, started, mm. just started to see dead bodies, they will need therapy for years. I mean, then I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but then. It's just like you said, the stupid little, the stupid idea of going to save the nan. But also, can I just say, when they go to see the nan, right? They go to get her, and she still won't fucking come down from her stupid house. What is she waiting for? What is she waiting for? <laughs> Death? I don't know. <laughs> like what? What is I... the point of this whole storyline of that she was stubborn and annoying? Like because it causes tension but it causes tension in the most frustrating way and you just like end up like yeah. not caring yeah. about her because she's being so annoying <laughs> then the other bit was like her then sacrificing herself i it was so stupid because they were so close to shore as well <laughs> <laughs> so the by the time the volcano has erupted all the water around the town and in the mountains mm, has turned mm. to acid or acidic to the point where it can yeah, burn you because it's burn. killing all the fish and so so and they're in a metal boat that acid <laughs> burns. Why are we laughing at this? It's so stupid. Because it's but then, so stupid. Do you know what it is? It's kind of similar to the butterfly effect because it's one traumatic experience or thing after, after another, next. and you're just like, I need like five minute break before the next <laughs> thing. Like I I can't deal with it. But it's when she decided to just give up because. Also, I have a question. Pierce Brosnan wrapped his hand in his coat and then oh, started to paddle yeah. with it. But surely all the <laughs> splashing would have burnt him. Exactly. Like, None of it makes sense. Make it make make it make sense. Yeah, he's just there grimacing, but she's just fully in the water, but her legs are not melting. Like, how does acid work? Wouldn't she just be burnt, burnt, burnt everywhere? And also, wouldn't they have taken the clothes off of her legs because won't they contribute to continue to burn her? None of it makes sense. And also, can I just say, it was unnecessary because they were literally at the stupid dock thing. They were there. She didn't need to. She didn't need to. She didn't need to do that. And it was just, was it supposed to be a redemption, a redeeming story? Like, yeah, I think so. Her? Because she had been such yeah. a dick for the whole film. Waste of time, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like. Oh, we're going to give her a character arc. But she's not the person that I needed a character arc from, you know? Like, I didn't no. really care about the grandma. No, develop, d- like, give us some more character development for his scientific team. Right? That would have been more interesting. Thank you. The other bit that I just grossed out on, because I don't feel like I've seen it recently in films, is when the mine comes back, shocking. <laughs> they go, <laughs> yeah. they drive into the mine to escape mm-hmm. the, you know... They basically are trying to outrace all the smoke from the explosion or the eruption. Mm-hmm. And they go into mm-hmm. the mine in the car and then they get out. And then they like, but then he forgets this thing that NASA has given them to like, 
without a sensor. Yeah, like a beacon. Yeah. A beacon. And he goes back to get it. And like, obviously, because the mine is dangerous, I say that in quotation marks. Um, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense to me that there's a mine under a volcano also. But <laughs> I don't know if that is also a thing in America, like not in America, but generally like mining communities don't feel like they are should be going under a volcano. They go under mountains I mean, for sure. But if you know it's a volcano, don't go I and feel mine. Like it's a bad idea, right? Yeah. Rocks 101. I don't even. I don't. Anyway, the ceiling falls and he's separated, Mm -hmm. which did remind me actually of the bit where, like, you know, in Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, they're like Ron and Harry are separated with Gilder Lockhart. (laughs) But this was like a bit more claustrophobic and less happy times. Literally so claustrophobic. And then he's like, ow. And you think, oh, his leg is like caught or something. And then it's a nope. Bone is sticking out of his arm. And (laughs) I had to get out of my seat because I was like, Oh my god, this is disgusting! Ew. But I was like, oh, kind of cool though at the same time. But like, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't shy away from those graphic details. Yeah, this is what I I'm guess. saying. Like, they don't feel like I just haven't seen something like that in so long in like recent films that that's why it kind of surprised me because I was like, oh, they really went there. Yeah, but I think you touched on it earlier where you said that this is a really '90s film, and a hundred percent that was such a '90s trope of we won't just allude to it; we're gonna show you the damn thing. Which is, is like funny in hindsight, you know, but then I feel like that's where the unintentional comedy comes from because it also doesn't age well. So it just looks jokes. I know I shouldn't have laughed at the people that floated up in the hot springs, but it really made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I, in the chaos of this film, when the, mm. like you said, they have the town hall and then that's when shit hits the fan and the mm. whole town start to basically panic, evacuate. And like you said, there's one freeway. So all there was a massive traffic jam. <sighs> Everyone is panic leaving. No one is listening to anyone. <laughs> but you could tell that this was a set in LA, like on a soundstage, a sort of like, you know, a set that you go in, like you can go into Universal and do a tour of because mm. everything looked so like fake. Not fake, but like mm. you could definitely tell it was like that one of those perfect. like, like two, per- yeah. And it was like, yeah. And it was just like suddenly all the explosions of all the buildings and like just how certain, I don't know. It's how certain things were falling. Yeah, you're completely yeah. right. Because you can really notice it where they're driving and they're driving to avoid all of these people trying to leave. And someone definitely like lets off a sparkler and it just really takes you out of the scene when you watch it. It's quite funny. Yeah, and they do a lot of scaled shots where they... Obviously, you have the car centered, moving away from the explosion, but it's mm. there to show you the scale of the eruption. So you've got obviously yeah. in the foreground the car, the car and the town, and then you've got the guy and the erupting volcano in the background. And you can definitely see the difference. And just like yeah. this, feels like if they just pulled out slightly further, you'd see like the edge of the set and maybe yeah. the Hollywood. <laughs> like, I know it's not like a Hollywood sign because it was actually filmed in Idaho, but mm. you know. There's also a scene where bricks fall off the windscreen and they don't smash. I literally wanted to say that. I'm glad that you said that. And also the thing that you said about the scaling, they do that a lot when the cloud starts to form from the volcano and yeah. <laughs> and then they like intercede it with just buildings blowing up, which is quite funny, and just trees oh, exploding. So but then the car is fine and the road is fine. So pick one. <laughs> you know? how how that specific car that they were in surprisingly survived but 
and nothing I mean, did. babe, it went through a lake. This man drove through a lake. Can we talk about that scene? Like, oh, <laughs> my God. Like, oh. it, 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 like I said, one. this was before the water begot, became acidic. So this was yeah. pre-acid, but it was <laughs> still in the water. Yep. <laughs> I just thought there was a lot of really silly things. There was also like really small, like repeated detail that a pilot was always charging people oh, money to help them escape. Yeah, and I don't. I list. I saw caught it first time round because they were like, "Oh, he's charging X, Y, and Z to pick up the scientists that mm-hmm. fell into the crater mm-hmm. whilst they were using the robot." And I was just like, "We don't need any more assholes." In this film, yeah, yeah. Or if you did, make him a proper villain, or make him the main issue. Yeah, if you're going to do a character arc, do that, not the ones that you chose to do. It kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I think that when that kind of surfaced as well, I feel like people don't react in the way that you think that they should. This is also a trope that they have in disaster films. Uh, there's always like a guy willing to pay off the person that's causing the escape route, and then they fuck themselves up anyway. So. In this film, it's this guy offers him, I think it's $1,500 to like get him out and then they crash anyway. They do it in the day after tomorrow and it's actually the guy that plays Lewis from Suits, but he gets the bus driver to open his bus and then this wave of water comes through New York, I assume kills them all anyway. So it's, it's like a fable of, you know, rich doesn't mean that you're escaped. It's like a comeuppance thing. But in this one, because you see that pilot thing as what you said, it's kind of like a throwaway detail that if you didn't hear it properly, you wouldn't remember it. Could have just not done it. Could have just saved yeah, on the stunt, it, it, you know, to be honest. Like the, the plane crash wasn't really worth it. It didn't make enough impact to do anything because at the end of the day, they all still found other ways to get out and survive. But then when it does crash, both Linda and Harry... I'm just like looking at it (laughs) (laughs) and they just look at it and (laughs) nothing like I feel like wouldn't you be more shocked a helicopter literally just came down in front of you and burst into flames and they're just sitting there calmly in their car just like squinting at it and I was just like what is this are you pod people like what is this reaction (laughs) I this is the thing I this these this comes under like the weird reactions people have to like traumatic events in this film Mm -hmm. it's just so silly Could this film be made now? I think it is constantly being made now. Yeah. I feel like they reiterate these kinds of films every couple of years. You know, they'll just pick some sort of natural disaster. It's either an earthquake or a volcano or a tsunami or climate change. Something like that, you know. (laughs) Yeah, something to do with nature and the drastic dangers of nature. Even on the sea also section of Dante's Peak is... The 1997 film Volcano. So they did that like two months after this one, before this, before Dante's Peak. There was St. Helens after the explosion at St. Helens. Obviously, like we've got Pompeii. There's loads of films about Pompeii. They did that horrible film with Kit Harrington in it about Pompeii. <laughs> and then, you know, there's like every Dwayne The Rock Johnson film, you know, like San Andreas. There's 2012 which is John Cusack, Day After Tomorrow, Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal. Geostorm. Yeah. Let's not forget Also Geostorm. Twister, that was a ni- 90s film with Helen Hunt 
And that man who looks like he's got like the template of that American face, you know, that white men in America have. Oh, Bill Paxton. Thank you. Him. Yeah, him. There's all of these films that hinge on the same premise. They have that formula. You know what's going to happen. They continue making it because people like watching disaster films. Case in point of my family. I have a, I have a, a thought. Most of these films, like the S disaster films, more like the other ones from the 90s and early 2000s and kind of recent, all are relatively or most of the time set in America mm. where these disasters are more likely to happen. Because I always think, well, disaster films can't really be made in the UK because we don't have typical disaster, natural disasters except for mm. flooding. Can they make a film about the erosion? Yeah, right. <laughs> of the I don't... Coast? <laughs> Can you imagine how but... boring it would be? How like slow it would be? So funny. Yeah, nothing would happen. So I just like my, I just wonder if it's one of those things that is very they're constantly made because. Mm. There's always the same thing that this really awful disaster happens, but it's a very high tension film. But there always is a happy ending. So is it something that always made for Americans because they like to come out on top at the end as the good guys at the top? And I mean, like we said in the San Andreas episode, it was a very American. <laughs> I love that film. It is very American. Uh, but I just wondered if it was something to do with that because. Obviously, other disaster films can happen elsewhere. It's just there hasn't really been any disaster films coming out of the UK. Yeah, I think because they come out in different ways. So, for example, with I guess you could use the same frame for stuff like horror, like zombie disaster movies. So there's ones that are like specific. There's a really good South Korean one called Alive, hashtag Alive. And then obviously, like we've got Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that, which come out as like our kind of disaster films, you know, that are, the disaster isn't natural per se, oh. but it is kind of natural is in because of the inhabitants of the place. Because obviously we don't have those kinds of, I guess other countries have cyclones and hurricanes and flooding and tsunamis, but then maybe it feels like, why are you capitalising on trauma? Whereas like in America, they're kind of these massive, big budget films that have this like scape for a story of somehow good versus evil when it's literally a natural disaster yeah that's human shouldn't be there <laughs> you know that's that's literally like why i thought about it because like you said it's capitalizing and telling the story of something that is really awful and affects people's yeah. lives all the time and kills a lot of people but and like you said there's other there's other countries that suffer but with all of these natural disasters, but you don't really see them making films about them in the same no. way Americans do because Americans probably like that feeling of them coming out, like I said, on top or surviving something undescribable because they like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. But then there's also things that are like not touchable because they've been so imbued with that kind of horror. So like they would never make a film about Hurricane Katrina. No. But I don't know, there's like these certain things. Cause, so there's a film that was made before this one, just before this one, called Mount St. Helens. And they made a film about that. And that was based on the explosion that happened at St. Helens. And I don't know if it was as popular. Obviously, it was before this, so it's a film that I kind of wouldn't have watched in my canon or whatever. But it's just interesting, the ones that they kind of, the natural disasters that they kind of pick and choose from. Mm. 
Because, like, is there a one about a tsunami? I feel like... There is. Is there? There's one about... Is it the 20... Yeah. 2004? Yeah. But Ewan McGregor's (sighs) in it with Naomi (sighs) Watts, I believe. And Tom Holland is one of the sons. Yeah. (laughs) It does not matter. (laughs) But yeah, so I just think it's really weird, the ones that they kind of pick and choose as disaster films. So, like, there's... A volcano one's always going to be a classic one. Obviously, there's volcanoes in other countries. So, like, where was that ash cloud? Was that Iceland? Do you remember that ash cloud and then no one could fly anywhere for ages? Did anyone make a film about that? Probably not. (laughs) That was in California. (laughs) I remember it being, like, across California. Um, I think it was to do with the bush, the fires. I mean, also, there was no one's going to be making a film like about the yeah, exactly. bushfires, are they? That exactly. Last because like, there's some things that are too traumatic <laughs> that, like, you can't really. No, I'm the one that I'm talking about was Iceland. Uh, uh, um... But yeah, so, like, it's just interesting that. Oh, uh, it's called. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I just found out. I just found out. It's called The Impossible, and it's about the uh, 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. tsunami. Yeah. But why is it. There we go. Why is it based on white people? Can can we not? Because <laughs> it was set in it was set in it was set in Thailand yeah. when that was hit because it's they based on real life events, right? But what I'm saying is they wouldn't make that film as a Thai centric film. Oh, they no. would make it about white people, which is what they did, you know. Yeah, and that's how they would make it big budget. They wouldn't yeah. ever get yeah. the same budget for making that film about Thai people and how it affected Thai people or like Thai people busting a gut and like saving a village you know it like it just wouldn't happen which is where i think the like trope kind of dies like i want to see other people in films like this i mean everyone wants to see that kind of good versus evil vibe right but it's just weird that it's always pitted against american people and then them conquering the mountain especially in this film because it's just like it's a natural disaster like you can't stop it I, you you guys inhabited the town. Like, like what, you knew the risk when you lived there. Like, what more do do Americans need, like, <laughs> to get a hard on for their country? I don't get it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that was like a long tangent way. Yeah. I also, I mean, I kind of, I also agree with your point because I would actually really like to see a disaster film on the scale of one that like The Rock would do, but it's a a different type of different demographic of cast, and I just like to watch like. I'd like to watch some women in science like try and solve a problem. <gasps> Thank you. Come on. It'd be kind of nice. Now I'm just thinking about what kind of survival films UK based or European based that isn't Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> but always think about like why have they not made a disaster film about the Loch Ness Monster? I feel like because it Who would knows? be more of a joke film. Because I think English people do not have the same we do not have this like patriotism, eh? Oh fuck! Actually, no. that's a lie. Some of us don't have that patriotism. Some of us, some of them do. Them, <laughs> them, and us. Anyway, that's besides the point. Two separate things. Secondly, I think that our film canon is way different. English cinema is completely different. To what I think Hollywood cinema is like that film would not get made oh, here. Oh yes, hundred percent. So that film on the Loch Ness monster would either be like a mockumentary or like a couple of Scottish lads and, and maybe uh, maybe it's got like put like a couple of Scottish girls like just on like a fucking Duke of Edinburgh looking for the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> and it being ridiculous do you know what I mean it would be something stupid like that but that would be 
like cult and funny and biting. But it would just never be like one of those big budget. We're going to have like a Megalodon shark version of the Loch Ness Monster. Like it's not going to be a thing, you know, that's not a film that gets made in the UK. I don't think. No, I think the thing I like about British cinema and the, one of the few things I like about the British culture is that we don't particularly take ourselves that seriously. Hmm. And we love a we love to have a laugh. Exactly. <laughs> so any possible any possible traumatic experience we'll just try and make a joke out mm-hmm. of because why not? And it's also how we cope with things. But now I'm thinking about it. Let's pitch that idea to right? someone. I would write the script the shit out of it's that so script. It'd be so joke. <laughs> I want a little cameo role, like that I want it. It's such a good film. I'd go see it. We're going off tangent here. Basically, our cinema is different. We're never gonna have a disaster film in the same scale as in America. Anyway. No, for sure not. <laughs> and like the ones that we do have feel like they're more survival films. I, I'm glad that you made that distinction. Cause this this is a disaster film. And then there's that distinction between survival films. So I probably should have said, like, The Day After Tomorrow feels more like a survival film in that it's focused on the journey of these pockets of people trying to get places. But then it's, like, pitched as a disaster film because you see the scale of all these things that are happening. Whereas this film, Dante's Peak, is solely a disaster film because there's no characterization like, that extends past this grandma thing <laughs> i yeah. don't understand how the two main characters are we're supposed to believe that they're they like each other or you know they're falling in love because they've known each other for like literally two days i, I think it's like one of those like high pressure cooker scenarios where yeah i knew you were gonna you say know, that <laughs> like uh, in speed it's just like it's such high pressure tension it's kind of one of those sayings where like if you go through something really traumatic with someone then you've got like a bond for life or whatever Okay. <laughs> That's what everyone tells themselves to fall asleep at night, I guess. We're just embarrassing ourselves out of this podcast uh, now. Like, <laughs> can we... Are we being cynical? Uh, no, anyway, ignore. Uh, ignore. Maybe. I think we're just English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to do that either. Ew. Uh, <laughs> right? Ew. I, I, then there's me who's like, I just want to be considered European. Let's talk about props because that was my favourite thing about this film. I'm just going to say my favourite prop straight off the bat. Pierce Brosnan's sunglasses with the little eyeglass string. Need that. Oh. Want that for summer 2021. Yes. That's it. So nice. <laughs> there was also, there was a very short, very like, you couldn't, like, if you didn't see it, you could like easily miss it. But there was a shot of this like mm. pink bunny in a window that like, I no. guess like exploded <laughs> and it was like a toy. And I thought that was kind of funny. I really liked. I just. I really liked the robot because I just didn't know that robots were used to met, like to go onto volcanoes. And I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, love a robot in any film. What other props are there? Not really any other um, props. The, the smoky quartz crystal. Oh, <laughs> that made me laugh. oh my god! <laughs> the crystals. I was thinking, this is where it all started, didn't it? People, you know. But interesting. There wasn't really anything like prop wise that really stood out to me. I think it was just generally the set. As a whole, mm. stood out like we've mentioned before. But that's about it for me. Yeah, casting changes. Would you? I guess not change the cast, but if it could be made now, who would mm. you cast? Was there anyone that you could imagine? That's a really good question. In those, in those roles, if it was a comedy disaster film, yeah, who are you going for? Is it wrong to cast Paul Rudd? No, 
I was just thinking about that. <laughs> but he would have to be the like a the scientist man who's just like nah, not you're not, wrong. Not the not the main guy. No, the boss guy. I think he'd have to be. Which I would like to see. Yeah. Who else? I don't know who I would trade. I don't know if I think that Lim- Linda Hamilton was the right choice. No, do you know what? She just looked like any old 90s actress to me. Yeah. Because I haven't seen the Terminator films, so... I mean, you know. Meh. I wouldn't... I don't know. I don't particularly know her face very well. Yeah. It just kind of was like a mere role anyway. Yeah. Considering. Considering it's the main role, it's kind of like a... I don't know. She's... Oh, I hate the way that... I think she said it at least eight times. She's like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so sad that you're leaving to Pierce Brosnan. And I was just like, he's been here for like a week, firstly. <laughs> Secondly, what is he going to do? What is he going to stop the lava with his bare hands? No, bitch. <laughs> like, what? I, oh, it's like those questions that we picked up in San Andreas. <laughs> like, what, what, what do we do now? Like, is, yeah, I guess it's that like, level up. of... Sh- it's that level of stupidity that women are always given in these like disaster films, I'd say. It's so frustrating. Um, I would also maybe gender bend it a bit, maybe add some more women. There's like two women in this. Two women. Two I know. Like there's a sign a female scientist who gets probably yeah. about like five lines to ever say. Yeah. Also, I would just cut the tragic backstory as well. Yeah, who cares? You, know, you don't need of it. him, like, I just don't care. And also, yeah, like, I've... the mother-in-law vibe? Nah, cut that out. Who wants that? No one. Yeah. Just give him a grandparent who gives a shit. Why Why couldn't it have just been her mum? Yeah, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Did it happen? Yeah, because I guess, like, it needed to be an in-law because of that stereotypical, like, in-law tension <laughs> that everyone... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is whatever. But it could have just been any old family member. Yeah. Didn't need to have that again. We just don't know who to cast. <laughs> I guess this is a really always a really difficult question, but for bad films to make it better though, yeah. Uh, I guess like I don't know if it would work as a film or would it be better as a TV show or like a mini, like a mini yeah, series. Probably a TV show to be honest, like a four part mini series. Yeah, like part of like an anthology show where each. Each season is a different natural disaster. Yeah. Or, oh my God, are we pitching a TV series now? Or the same, so a four-part miniseries of, so what you said, each series is a different disaster, but in it, within that series, same thing happens in each episode, but from a different point of view. That'd be cool. Mm. But I don't know who I'd want to play. And also, are we? do we have to stick to American actors? No. I, or could we do it, like, could we do it somewhere else? Where else are there active volcanoes? Like, what about, you know, what about Pacific Islanders? I feel like they have to deal with yeah, volcanoes. Yeah, Pacific Islanders and New Zealand have volcanoes. Yeah. And there's obviously um, Mount Fuji. Yeah. <gasps> In Japan. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Japanese mashup. Lord of the Rings mashup. Boom. <laughs> Get it in there oh every episode. Uh, yes, it's the second... Hi- Mount Fuji is the second highest volcano in Asia. Is Mount Fuji active? It's an active strato volcano, so exactly like... Same as this one, the, yeah. The same... The in, same in, this, in this fake film. But 
it last erupted in the 1700s. So it's pretty, it's been pretty chill. Yeah, I know, but like, don't say anything because we're in 2020, like, everything's popping off. Don't, nobody jinx it. <laughs> yes, I agree. I would like Mindy Kaling to be one of the scientists, though. If we're having Paul Rudd, I want Mindy Kaling as well. <laughs> That's a good shout. That's a good one. Yeah. I would like Daniel Kaula, would be quite cool. I was he? thinking about that, but then I was like, thinking Rosario Dawson. Like him spat. Him spouting off like information about rocks yeah. in his British accent. Sign Love me to up. see it. Right, right. Um, and then I was just like, what about Zendaya? Because I want to cast her for everything. But I don't know if this is like the right role for her, you know. I don't my know why we're acting is... like we're, we're, we're like casting a new film. <laughs> my issue with Zendaya, I don't have an issue with her at all. I love her. But I'm really nervous that like, any action is like too is stressful for her because she's so like like limber and lean. But she have to like bulk up. I don't Babe, want like she did she was... that, but she did all that stuff for Greatest Showman. She did all that acrobatic stuff. Oh yes, running from a volcano aerial is stuff. the same as is this. No, but she did all that aerial stuff, so she built up her arm strength there. Yeah, true. I just want to hear some really good actors talk about science. And yeah. I pretend to understand what they're talking about, but they act it really well, so I'm convinced that they know what they're doing. Oh my god! And could we have Amanda Stenberg as one of the children, but like as a teenager, so it's like adult a- children, so that they can actually help? Yes, that's a good point. If you're going to have kids in your film, make them useful. Yeah, man. Give them a skill. Nobody These wants kids dead weight. This- <laughs> 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 oh my god! Are we just too hard? So annoying. I know. No, I really, no, no. I really didn't like them. I just feel like they didn't need to be there, which is a very harsh standpoint. But you'll be happy to know that neither of them have really done anything else since the film. Yeah, so. I mean, they. I mean, it wasn't good, man. But I think know. it's quite difficult for child actors, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Kind of I would also put. I don't know why, and I know that she'd probably never do it, but I really want to see Meryl Streep in a disaster film. I feel like she'd I be great. I feel like it should just be so... It would be so different to anything we've ever seen. And she could be, like, the one white person. Well, you know what? I was, I'll was i fight you for her because I actually wanted Vanessa Redgrave. Mm. I think she would be the good white lady mm. for this film. She's got a very, like, calming but emotive face and I feel like she could carry it well. And then she's got that good English accent. Yeah. We yes. do love her. I feel like if I wasn't... If I was white, I would want her to be my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that concludes our casting. Yep. Of the day. This film is considered a cult classic, so I guess it did have a cultural impact. It just, I completely missed it. That's interesting because, okay, I feel like that's true, but only because of the household that I grew up in. And I feel like I've never talked about this film with anyone ever before. No. Yeah, because considering it was a cult classic, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And also, when you I you can say the name Dante's Peak and it could literally mean anything. Yeah. You, but is your first thought when you hear Dante's Peak a volcano? I what? mean, for me, yes. Because I know the yes, film, though, but, right? But yeah. It but sounds, someone, also, it sounds like a real place. But, it could be a real place, I feel like. Oh, it does sound like a real place. When I was looking to watch this film, I was like looking at it online, and one of the first things was like, "Is Dante's Peak a real place?" And I was just like, "Oh no, oh no!" 
maybe this is the that's the cultural impact around people like maybe it's also did it have any impact on how people respond to volcanoes uh, i don't know maybe I don't know. but it just i think it's just quite interesting yeah uh oh okay it just it gained a cult following among disaster film is that my mom essentially so did my mom write yeah that? is that your mom <laughs> <laughs> your mum is your mum wrote the Dante's people Wikipedia page that's her she did it all I'm telling you she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna curse us both <laughs> ah that's so funny um moving on right so this is the conclusion of our tangent do you have a rating yeah I gave it a 7 out of 10 I gave it a 7 out of 10 too because yeah. I actually had a really good time watching yeah. it. And I'd probably watch it again with my family because I'd, like I'd like to see my parents' reaction to it. I feel it. like this is a good family-friendly film. I feel like it's fine. Like Whenever it's on, I'll watch it on TV. No matter what point it's through, fine. Actually, maybe maybe if it was like at their stupid love scene. But although that's the point where they're like, they find out that the water is sulfuric, so then they start panicking, which is good. And then the film kicks off from there. So fine, maybe I'd watch it from there. But... It's always on terrestrial TV. Sometimes it's on, I'll just watch it in the background. My mum will never not watch a disaster film, to be honest, so it's more than likely <laughs> to be playing in my household. But I feel like it's an easy watch. I had fun. I like did groan at some of the dialogue, but oh, it was all in all, it was entertaining, you know? But yeah, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, I enjoyed it enough that I would actually watch it again. I think that's the first time I've ever said this on the podcast. Yeah, I think which so is too. Okay. So, can I guess? Yeah, IMDb first. IMDb's people, I want to say like <laughs> 6.9. Or oh, it's 6 out of 10, solid 6 oh, out of 10. Okay, interesting. So close. They rated it lower than we did. Yeah, but I think maybe for me, like that rating is imbued with the nostalgia. Yeah. And for you, it might feel like it's an easy film to watch in a pandemic, you know? It's an easy film to watch, also just kind of comical. Yeah. Like, it was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. If you take it for and what it is, it's... not a serious film, then you're going to have a good time watching it, you know? Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like it's bad on that. 25%? Yeah. <gasps> was it? 20, 26. Damn it, Holly! 26! 26! You're very close. So this film, I mean, some fun facts about this film. Go. Tell me. It got... It was a box office success. <gasps> okay, can I tell you my favourite review of this film, though? I just, I don't want to sign off before telling you this. <laughs> no, go through it first. So, go, my favourite review for this film now. is by Janet Maslin from, from the New York Times. And she wrote, Volcanologist, New Love and Lava, Disaster by the Numbers. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> what a review! I love it! That's really good. It had a budget of $116 million, which I have a feeling went mostly on the set, explosions and CGI. Yeah, for sure. And then it made $178.1 million Whoa. in box office. So it was a box office mm. success. Even though it had loads of negative reviews, it gained. It was a success financially and gained yeah. a cult following. So reviews can be bullshit. Or they don't really impact people. Yeah. Anyway... I mean, a lot of people don't really care about film reviews, right? Like, if they enjoy it, they enjoy it. Yeah. It was filmed in several locations. Mm. So it was filmed in Idaho, but then different bits like the Hot Springs and the the USGS headquarters is actually a post office in California. They just changed okay. the sign, which yeah. I think is jokes. 
but then mostly it was in Idaho and Washington and a bit of California, which is quite interesting that they're like, I find that's what I quite liked about the film is that it felt like, even though there's obviously CGI in this film, it felt like they actually made the effort to physically yeah. make a lot of things, yeah. which I liked. Like it, like all the de- all the debris and explosions felt real. Yeah. To all the f- falling of the things, even though they were funny, they yeah. were real and it looked quite cool. Whereas now you just like CGI that in. And yeah. It's just like, yeah. okay, fine. For sure. Um, so the mountain that was in Idaho. No, that bit was in Washington, which I assume is nearby. Okay. Idaho. I mean, I don't know. Don't I know nothing about American geography story, guys. Anyway, also, geologists, I can't know, volcano people. Geologists. Re- yep. Reacted. <laughs> volcano people! Geologists reacted. Ah, <laughs> <gasps> oh, They responded to this film, and this is the cultural impact, I knew it. The film attracted geologists to create a dedicated information page to reach out for students who were interested in science. It fact-checked a lot of things in many, but not all, respects of the movie's depiction of eruptive hazards hits close to the mark. So it was actually science. There you go. We like to see that, though. On the other hand, two professors from Lewis Clark State College panned the movie for understating the negative effects of a possible false alarm. Mm. That's true, actually. Fucking town refused to go under alert. I know. Anyway, the film. Ah! Also, the film is a popular film viewing and discussion in science classes in the United States. Love it. That's interesting. That's so fun. I, in psychology class when I was 17, watched I Am Legend. <laughs> what? So, what? It, you know, we all were picking <laughs> and choosing so our films. Funny. Who what? knows? <laughs> For educational purposes. How does that make sense? So, psycho- I don't what know. a vibe! I love it. There we go. So it had a that was the culture. If it's got if it's being played at schools and like universities had to mm. talk about it and confirm the science behind it, then yeah, this is where the cultural impact came from. So obviously, much had must have had a really big cultural impact in mm-hmm. the states. Here's Rodin's power. I know. What guy? Piercy boy. <laughs> Okay, well, I actually enjoyed that. I feel like this is a bad film that is fun to watch. So I would recommend, to be honest. I think it's a nice, easy one. Yeah, it's not bad that you should avoid it. It's bad that it's decent. It's a good, like, Mm. Sunday afternoon watch. It's definitely worth watching for, like, the unintentional comedy, I would say. for sure. And, like, just the acid water. I'm just obsessed with it. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I don't understand. I didn't even know that that was a, a repercussion of a volcano erupting, that water turns Bruh. basically acidic. Science. Science, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to name the episode that th- this. Science, it's crazy. Science, it's crazy. <laughs> anyway, as always, if you have any recommendations, text us. <laughs> yeah. If you're fan- um, if you're friends with email us. Email them. Uh, e- if you're not, email us. If you're not, comment yep. on our Instagram post. Otherwise... Send a car- carrier pigeon or something. I don't know. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe if you can. It really helps us out. All that jazz. Yeah, specifically on Apple. Anyone who owns an iPhone and listens listens on Apple Podcasts, just give us five stars. Yeah, It'll really help us out. Thanks, I'll mate. Buy you a drink. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Cool. See you next Bye. week. Bye. Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAR supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. 
We really appreciate it.